the shapes up like this. Trent, by the way, will uh, join the program about the bottom of the hour. He is at the Well Calling uh, State Tournament Action. Uh, he'll join us about 11.30 whenever he gets over here, whenever his uh, 10 o'clock tip-off game uh, comes to a conclusion. Mix in a little driving time, and uh, he'll join us about 11.30. So we'll do our long open at that time. But Eric Heffens is going to join me. He, as you know, is the analyst uh, for men's basketball along with football. But uh, basketball uh, last night, we will go back and talk about that game. Look forward uh, with Eric Heft, color analyst for Iowa State, coming up here in, oh, less than 10 minutes. Uh, in hour number two, we'll head back to the Combine. This time, Dane Muzzatani from the St. Paul Pioneer Press, TwinCities.com. Uh, we'll uh, get the latest on the combine from Dane, the Vikings, their coach, their uh, GM. They've all come out and uh, said their piece uh, in front of the media over the last couple of days. Jefferson, they don't want to trade. They'd like to find a spot for Kirk Cousins, but seemingly only at the price that they have allotted. So we'll get the latest on the combine and on the Vikings and on the NFC Central with our guy Dane Mazzatani, uh North, rather, coming up here uh, at about uh, 12.05. And then Kevin Lehman, Washer Systems of Iowa, sponsors our uh, Missouri Valley Conference coverage, and he'll join us at about 12.30. Recap that triple overtime. Man, that thing, I thought it was never going to end. Uh, it ended... Uh, with uh, with Drake winning, uh, boy, oh boy, that would have uh, sent shockwaves throughout the Valley had it not gone if, uh, their way. Uh, had UIC, who's at the bottom uh, of the standings, not right at the bottom, but towards the bottom of the standings, what they got one team below them, Valpo. Uh, this is not a good basketball team, and they gave Drake everything they wanted last night and more. It's a good thing Tucker DeVries showed up, as that's been the case a lot of times throughout the Missouri Valley Conference play over the last couple of years. But Drake wins. Uh, off they go to uh, Senior Day coming up this weekend before they head to St. Louis for the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament. Uh, Sean Roberts will be there representing KX and Owen. He'll do some hits, I know, with us and obviously his show uh, and uh, others uh, from the Friday minimum uh, in St. Louis. So we look forward to that. Uh, on the women's front last night, boy, a couple of really good games. I want to start with uh, Iowa State going on the road and beating Kansas State last night. That was a huge win uh, for uh, for Fenley's crew and just the fact that this K-State team, A, was ranked. They beat an Iowa earlier this year, don't forget. Uh, but but Audie Crooks and Addie Brown and this freshman class that Fenley brought in uh, continue to do a whole bunch of damage in the Big 12. And here's the thing. They're going to do a whole bunch more uh, as they get a little bit uh, more experience under their belt and uh, with... Um, um, with Fenley at the helm and with the, with the gals growing up and uh, and learning what it's all about, uh, buy some stock if there was such a thing in this Cyclones women's team right now because they are going to be a pain in the you-know-what for other teams in the Big 12 if it all goes according to plan. And it did last night. Big win for Iowa State on the road. You have to think, uh, because the according to uh, bracketologists who covered the women's game, that this was a bubble team. Uh, that takes them off the bubble after going on the road last night, knocking off the top uh, a 15 team uh, in K-State. Yes, Caitlin Clark did what Caitlin Clark does. That's how it happens every game, seemingly. Not the case for Gabby Marshall. That, to me, was as big a takeaway from the college basketball last night. Yep, I know Watson was unbelievable. We're going to talk to Eric F. coming up here in about five minutes on that. We will get to that. Those, guys, to be fair, those are the two stories. Watson for the Iowa State men and Gabby Marshall, who has been really struggling to... to uh, 
make shots, and they need Gabby Marshall to make shots. And last night, she made those shots, which was huge, I think, uh, for Bluter's Bunch going forward, if they can count on her to do that. Um, and I'm not saying she has to go four for seven for behind three every night, but, you know, get into double digits as she was. 16 points last night, second leading score. McCabe was great off the bench. And, of course, Caitlin Clark doing what Caitlin Clark did. Well, she had 15 points in the first 10 minutes of the game, first quarter. She's at 15, including a logo three uh, for Minneapolis, a sold-out building, uh, which is no surprise, as that's the case uh, when Caitlin Clark and the Hawkeyes go on the road. But what a night. What a, I mean, even go back to the night before. Uh, with Peyton Sanford doing what he did for uh, uh, for Fran McCaffrey's team and the Iowa men, that was big. And I must needed win, and they got it over Penn State. Now watching Northwestern last night in the early window before Iowa State came on, and I only watched the first half, but um, saw enough of it to realize that this Northwestern team, despite being down a couple of dudes last night, uh, Collins has this team playing very, very well. And they, not Illinois, they may be, uh, the second best team in the Big Ten. And you don't get a prize for that, by the way. Just um, throwing that out there, that they may be uh, the team that's uh, closest to Purdue, which, again, admittedly is a large gap. But uh, Northwestern playing pretty good ball. And why do I harp on that? Because Iowa will see them this weekend in what has turned out to be, for the Hawks anyways, you have to have it. You just have to have it. You have to have that road win, another quad one win coming their way, if indeed they're able to get there and then beat Illinois. And um, hopes that seemed... Ah, in some ways unrealistic when the calendar turned from January to February. They're alive. They've got a pulse. And that's all you can ask for, uh, at least at this point, with the fact that, with the, with the fact that the team put themselves uh, behind the eight ball a little bit early in the season. But a phenomenal night. Phenomenal 48 hours, honestly, of college basketball in our state. Last night was great. Both women's teams win. Iowa State, the men, uh, they host an Oklahoma team who beat them when the curtain went up on the Big 12 regular season way back in January, and this was an ugly game. If you like offense, if you like, if you like defense, which I do, although I have to admit I missed some of the scoring last night, um, but this was, I'll tell you where the game was won. In my opinion, my opinion, it was the 9-0 spurt at the end of the first half. Uh, Iowa State looked dead. What was it, 25-2? to two? 20 to 18, 20 to, I don't know, I can't remember the exact score, but they went on that 9 0 run at the end of the first half, and um, it was the difference. Uh, it was defense. There was one point in the basketball game, I can't wait to talk to Eric Heft about this. There were four Cyclones on the floor, not in one pile. Not in two piles. There were three different scrums on one play and four Cyclones. The four Cyclones that were on the floor, four out of the five, I think. Oh, I don't want to single out Curtis Jones and say, well, where the hell were you? Or whoever that fifth one was. But Monchilovich, so Jones couldn't corral the rebound. He's on the floor. It went to Gilbert. He couldn't corral the rebound. He's on the floor, got away from him. Ball starts heading back toward the paint. Here comes Taman Lipsy. He dives onto the pile. He couldn't corral the ball. Here comes Monchilovich to get involved. I mean, you want to talk about effort. Yeah, we see guys diving on the floor a lot, but four of them in one sequence? Let's get our friend Eric Hefton here, the color analyst. Eric, uh, that play last night, there was about 13 and a half minutes left in the game. 
Jones missed one underneath the basket, couldn't corral the rebound, dove on the floor to keep the ball alive. I think it went to Keyshawn Gilbert. He couldn't corral the ball. He dove on the floor to keep the play alive. Lipsy does this. There were four Cyclones, Eric, on one play, diving on the floor, scraping their knees. If that doesn't kind of sum up what it means to play for T.J. Otzelberger, I don't know what does. Yeah, it was tremendous. It was funny thing was, I guess uh, maybe not so funny from an OU standpoint, but I think they had four guys on the floor too. I, I mean, it was just the way the whole game was played. It, it was such such high level intensity throughout, and that turned into a a bit of a rock fight for sure. But yeah. man, the effort is just is just incredible to watch. No, it really is. By the way, welcome. Good to talk to you. I forgot to do that when you came on, so <laughs> I appreciate you doing this for us. Uh, so unbeaten at home uh, so far. One more home game to go. Do you think the end of the first half, uh, that 9-0 spurt, when nothing was falling, nothing was going Iowa State's way, or Oklahoma's for that matter, defense on both ends of the floor, was that the difference in the basketball game, going into the locker room, feeling better, not great about themselves offensively, but feeling better about themselves? Uh, how big was that at the end of the first half, Eric? Oh, absolutely huge. I mean, I think I think you're right. That was probably the biggest stretch of the game. I mean, Certainly you had to continue it in the second half and have your little runs here and there. But to take control of the game, a 9-0 run after you haven't scored for over five, maybe six minutes. Uh, but they did it with the defensive end. And I, I really think that was – there were like six players on the floor during that stretch defensively for Iowa State. The crowd was – the crowd got into it. I mean, I think as a crowd, that would be a hard game to really get into the way it was being mm-hmm. played in that first half. You know, but uh, hats off to to the Hilton crowd. I, they saw Iowa State needed some help, and a couple of great defensive plays got them up. And they were standing the last few minutes of the half. And seriously, it did seem like there were six Cyclones on the court at that time. Uh, Demarion Watson was on the court for a lot of that time, and boy, um, you know, this is just one of those guys you can't help but, um, especially when it has a game last night, right? And the Hilton crowd, as you would anticipate, they appreciate it, and they stood up in unison and cheered him as TJ took him out of the game, his curtain call, and he absolutely deserved it. You get to see practice. Um, frustration must be settling, setting in a little bit, not that he's, sh- he's showing it overtly, He's, um, but when he got his opportunity, and there's going to be more opportunity for him, you would think down the stretch. Boy, he answered the bell last night. It was great to see, and it was great to see the crowd realize that um, you know we just saw something special on, on a career night thus far for Demarion Watson. Well, if you couldn't see that was a special night from Demarion, then you aren't. You really don't know basketball at yeah. all. What a tremendous night! I mean, the plays he made defensively, right. and I think that's that's one of the things too. I think you know he played like 15 minutes in the game. You know, in Norman, it's a good matchup for him physically. He's going against some athletic guys. He can guard them. And I think he tends to play with more confidence in that particular matchup. But I'm not really 100% sure why. But he was ready to go. And is he frustrated? I think everybody wants to play more sure. unless you're <laughs> you know, one of the starters or, or Kurt Jones who plays starter minutes. Everybody wants to to have that opportunity, and it was Jackson Pavletsky, you know, yeah. previous game. He came in last night. You know, he wasn't as effective, but sometimes the game is about matchup, and it takes a really good coaching staff to understand. Okay, what matchup uh, can we exploit either from our starters 
or guys coming off the bench that's going to give us the best chance to win. You know, I think TJ has been masterful at that throughout the season. No doubt about it. Uh, I want to go back and uh, and have you um, kind of go back a little bit because uh, what the improvement I've seen in Robert Jones, not just me, everybody, um, went from when he got here, uh, which was after, I want to say, his sophomore campaign, I believe, uh, after he comes from Denver, wasn't sure what kind of player he was going to be, loved the fact that he was 6'10", looked as though he had a little bit of physical physicality to him, so you knew you were going to get that. Um, the improvement that Robert Jones has has shown over his career uh, has to be up there with with some of the uh, guys that you know that have made the biggest leaps in their Iowa State um, in, in in their time at Iowa State. Jones has got to be on that list. Oh, no question. You know, it's not just his ability as a player. You know, one of the things when he came in. I never really saw him or thought I would see him as being a real leader on the team. Uh, but, man, he has become that. He's been that guy in practice, uh, in the summer workouts. He's leading the sprints and winning the sprints. I mean, just the the effort and the leadership that he's shown has been tremendous. You know, and I, I think part of it, too, is you know, I think self-awareness is a huge thing. To know who you are, yeah. uh, know what you can and can't do, and I think Rob has embraced that uh, to the nth degree. And he is doing the things that he can do, and those are the things that are making Iowa State successful. No doubt. Uh, you mentioned the fact that Watson uh, seems to match up well against Oklahoma. Tame Lipsy has really struggled to shoot the ball against Oklahoma. Is that just a fluke that it just happened to happen? You know, two of his, his poor shooting nights just happened to be against Oklahoma? Or what do they dif- do differently uh, to take him off his offensive game? Well, Milos Yusad is a really good defender. Yeah. And at 6'4", he has the length uh, to to create some problems for him, and, and but I will say it, it was the same the other way. You look at the, the guard matchup from last night. You, you had you know Lipsy, you know, and Keyshawn Gilbert uh, against uh, McCollum, you know, and Uzan. Yeah. Who had who had a great offensive game there? Yeah, the good point. Were playing both ends of the floor and, and making it really hard. And, Excellent point. You know, uh, uh, so uh, sometimes it is about matchups, yeah. but you have to find another way. And you know, Keyshawn with his seven assists certainly was part of the reason Iowa State found the way. You know, I think McCollum's their leading scorer, and that's an excellent point, Eric, uh, because he didn't score in the first half and only scored four uh, four points total in the basketball game. So yeah, both guys, uh, both both sets of guards, doing an effective job uh, against each other. So let's take a look big picture wise. I mean, as a Look, I do this job because I'm a fan of, of sports, right? As a fan, I want to see Houston and Iowa State again in, in Kansas City. And I think I speak for college basketball fans who really don't have a rooting interest, other than it's, for us it's really good for business when Iowa State's good. But don't doesn't right. the college basketball want to see Houston and Iowa State lock up again? Well, I think so. I mean, they've had two really good games, and each team protected its home court. Two of the best, if not the best, defensive teams in the country, and yep. it's like, and who can find a way to make some baskets, or who can get offensive rebounds and, and putbacks? Yeah, that would be great, you know. And I think the, the way the schedule, how Iowa State has performed, and the schedule remaining, Iowa State's now, you know, pretty much in a situation where they're going to be opposite bracket of Houston. Mm-hmm. I mean, Houston. Uh, Houston's going to be first in all likelihood, given their schedule and, and how good they are. And Iowa State's a great chance to be second. But even if you're second or third, you know Iowa State will have a, a maybe a two or three three game lead over anybody who could knock them out 
down to the fourth spot, if you will, that would put them on the same side as Houston. So I think uh, the opportunity's there. But on the other hand, once you get to Kansas City, I know Iowa State fans are going to be there. They're going to be loud. It's going to be great. But you're going to be playing really good teams, and you're going to have to play really well uh, for for the first two days to have an opportunity to get to that championship game. Uh, getting to the uh, Fertitta Center uh, in, in Houston this year, where does that one rank amongst Big 12 venues? A, it's small uh, and it's loud. Yeah. Um, is that one up there on the list, Eric? Uh, it's good. You yeah. know, I, 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 I don't know if I would say it's great. Okay. Uh, I mean, you see the Iowa State women play there. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> there was absolutely no right. one there. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know if they're front runners, but Lord knows uh, they've been front running for a long time because they've been really good, and, and I'm sure will continue to be. But you know, it, it's a good venue, and I remember when it was Hoffines Pavilion. We played there a couple of times mm-hmm. over over my tenure, and now that was a dump. Okay? <laughs> yeah. And so it's the same building. So they've made it really nice. I will say that, and and the crowd's into it. But you know, seven thousand people, and the ceiling's kind of low. So yeah, it, it does get loud in there for sure. But I don't certainly not an Allen Fieldhouse or a Hilton Coliseum. Um, this maybe unfair comparison, but I'm going to ask you anyways. Go back sure. to 2000 at the end of the regular season for that uh, for the Elite Eight team uh, that. Um, Izzo will tell you that that was their toughest game of the entire tournament. Uh, that was the uh, didn't get the friendliest of whistles. We understand where the game was played, etc. But does this year's team have any? Do do you kind of get the feel when you're watching this year's team as maybe you did back in 2000 that you're maybe about to embark on something special here? Uh, that this year's are there any similarities, Eric? Maybe a little bit. If you go back to the 2000 team, you know they lost at Drake. Uh, they went. They lost a tournament in Hawaii. So they had, they had a couple losses early in the season. And you think, well, I'm not really sure. Uh, and they're coming off, you know, like a 500 season the year before. So nothing, nothing great. Uh, but you saw the team build, and you know some of the most enjoyable years in what I get to do. Is, is that team that's just on that rising trajectory throughout mm-hmm. the season? You don't know. You don't know where the ceiling is, and that's kind of where uh, there is a comparison. One difference: uh, we, you had two guys on that team that were first team All Americans, right? <laughs> yeah. Only, yeah. And Pfizer and Tinsley. They weren't you bad. Know, so, yeah, <laughs> they were they were pretty good. So that was that was the different dynamic. Uh, but the overall balance of this team, you know, I, I think can equal that, you know, that star power that that team had. Uh, it, it's been so much fun to watch. And I, I do think, I do think those feeling is still yet to be determined. I think it could be, it could be that elite. It could be a final four, yeah. you know, but it's, you have to. You can't. You can't have a bad night in the NCAA tournament. That's true. Back to play two days later. No, that that's an excellent. That's an excellent point. How's the team taking all of this success that's coming their way, Eric? You're around them a bunch. Pretty level-headed. Or do you? Do they look ahead at all? Um, what's What's the team like with the way they're going? Well, everybody says they don't look ahead, mm-hmm. but come on, they have to at this point, being, right? You know, uh, but he, I really think. You know, I hear other teams say this, and it may well be true for them too. But I think this is maybe the closest group of guys that Iowa State's had. I mean, they they all genuinely like each other. They I mean they hang out together all the time. Uh, and, and to be honest, 
a bunch of really, really good guys, mm-hmm. and they're so much fun to be around. So I, I think they're just enjoying. I, I think just like like you and I, they don't know what their ceiling is. Yeah. They're just trying to get better so they can reach that ceiling and have that ceiling be at a at a big apex come March. Boy, sir, seems like there's an opportunity uh, that uh, it's there in front of them, and they, they just have that feel that the, this team, uh, listening to Jess Settles at the end of the game, he won't fall off his chair if this team finds a way to the Final Four. Um, no, it just doesn't really. He does, job. doesn't he? I'm glad you said that. I know he's a Hawkeye. The uh, Cyclone fans know he's a Hawkeye. I think he's incredibly fair, Eric. I really do. Oh, I do too. I, I have no bones with him at all. I think he's done. He's done several of our games. Yep. And I go back and watch, and you know, I think he. I think he's terrific. Yep, absolutely is. Eric Heff, thanks for doing this, Eric. We appreciate it. Um, hope you have a long run, and you don't get to spend a whole bunch of time on the golf course until the middle of April. How about that? Well, that would be great. You know, a lot of time after that to play golf. Let's just take care of business now. Good stuff, Eric Heff. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Appreciate it. All right. Yeah, good to talk to you. Eric Heft is, uh, we talk a little, Iowa State. Big win for them last night. Really big win. I just wanted to, you know, that 2000 team, right? Um, yeah, they had Pfizer and they had Tinsley, and this this group does not have a Pfizer or a Tinsley, but they got a bunch of junkyard dogs, and so did you, Stacey, back then. Um, that The sequence where... There was four cyclones on the floor, three different scrums, three different loose balls, in, and um, there's six foot ten Robert Jones, first of the floor, night in and night out. They just play physical. The way TJ has got this team to buy in, uh, what he commands, and what they're delivering. Who knows where they're going? But um, March gets here tomorrow, so. Buckle up, Cyclone fans. I know you're in for a ride, and uh, we'll see how far it goes. All right, um, we'll take a time out, come back. believe Trent will be here. We'll do our long open that we normally do at this point. We'll go around what we saw last night uh, in college basketball. Probably get to the, uh, the expanded playoff that's on the table. 14 teams. I haven't even had 12 yet. They're already going to 14. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about last night in college basketball. It was so good for the state of Iowa. Miller and Condon. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KX. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO with you until 1 o'clock. Murph and Andy take over at that time. Uh, 3 to 6, of course, the drive with Heather and Sean. That brings it into local program. they got a long way to go before we get to that. Uh, in hour number two, Trent and I will head to uh, to Indianapolis, catch up with our friend Dane Muzitani from the St. Paul Pioneer Press. What are the Vikings going to do? Would they pass on a quarterback at 11 if there's uh, if there's still a J.J. McCarthy perhaps uh, on the board? He seems to be moving up in some people's eyes, although I do see that one of those teams that were rumored to be showing a great deal of interest in the Michigan uh, signal caller, um, and that's the Atlanta Falcons, are clearly the favorite to uh, grab Justin Fields. So we'll see uh, if that indeed is the case. Well, you can bet on anything, can't you? Most It's unbelievable uh, just how far that this thing has, uh, has gotten. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Uh, it was not too long ago we couldn't bet anything here in the state of Iowa when it had to do with uh, with anything draft related. But it's fun. Um, and um, what what does that do to the Vikings as they get set to pick number eleven? We will talk to Dane Muzitani before uh, Kevin Lehman slides in and talks about the Missouri Valley Conference. That game last night for Drake, A, it was an incredibly long game, but it just, there was never a point. Uh, and I, admittedly, I, I didn't see much of regulation. I was locked in on Iowa State, got over the Drake game uh, after that. But from what I saw, I, I didn't think they were going to win. I thought that this was uh, going to go uh, UIC's way, that they were going to pull the upset in the basketball game. I'm not sure what they were favored by, Drake. Had to be a big number. Uh, but, um, man, there was no point that I thought, eh, Bulldogs are going to find a way to win this. Maybe when Tucker hit the, uh, was it the first three of triple overtime to go up 103 to 100, I think it was, uh, that maybe they're going to be able to pull this one out, and they did. But, man, you I see at the end of the game, I mean, they had opportunities. They just couldn't get anything to fall. Kept getting that uh, second chance, third chance on the boards. But um, uh, it went Drake's way. One more game before they head to St. Louis. But I think what what we've seen here over the last week or so is any hopes, um, not just for Drake fans, but for Valley fans. They'll want that extra money, right? Every The more teams you get in, the more, air quote, units is what they call them. Uh, and a unit is a unit of money that uh, that comes with, you know, advancing or getting in. And then every round that you advance, you can put another unit into the conference's coffers, which is um, obviously if you got two teams, you got two chances to add to that. Uh, there's not going to be two teams. It's going to be go to the winner. And I don't care if it is Indiana State that, let's say, Drake beats them in overtime. I just don't see it. I just don't see a path. Um, for an at-large bid coming out of the Missouri Valley Conference. Hope I'm wrong. I uh, don't think that I will be, but uh, St. Louis is going to be fun. If you're headed down there, you're going to have a ball, um, especially if you've never done it for the first time. I think you'll be glad that you did. It's the unofficial, at least to me, the kickoff, the uh, the curtain going up uh, on March Madness. But the Bulldogs find a way to win last night. That was good. I want to go back to the Iowa women for a second because, yes, touched on it briefly. But I think the biggest story, there were two. The Marion Watson uh, and what he did for Iowa State last week was was huge. Or last night, rather, was just huge. Uh, that 15 minutes that he played, uh, career high, and nine rebounds as well. So he's very active on the glass. But Gabby Marshall was as in, in as, as big of a slump as, as you're ever going to find. And the confidence had waned. She passed up shots. She didn't want to take these shots. Somebody just texted me the Drake was favored by eight and a half. Uh, so it wasn't quite double digits. But uh, but Gabby Marshall was in just one of those shooting slumps. And this has been a story that we've talked about for, for weeks. Caitlin's going to need help. Caitlin can't do it by herself. There's going to come a day, blah, 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 dot, 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 that somebody else is going to step up. We've seen Stulkey do it. We've seen Molly D, as Gus just uh, calls her. Uh, We've seen Martin have her moments. But Gabby Marshall on the floor, yes, she's very good defender, but there's going to be games when she's going to have to score the basketball, and she'd been passing up open looks. Last night, she was taking those shots, and she was knocking down those shots, and she made four of seven of those three-point shots. It was huge for her. Caitlin does what Caitlin always does. Gabby Marshall, Trent Condon, was the story in my mind from the uh, from Bluter's Bunch last night. 
What's happening? Nothing. How are you doing? <laughs> you know, uh, what kind? What kind of kind? What kind of game did you have? I didn't hear anything about it. Ah, uh, so Johnston jumped out eleven two, and they're unbeaten. They were unbeaten. Unbeaten. Right? Number one. Mm-hmm. Waukee comes roaring back. It's a one point game. Oh, they get back up twelve, back to a six point game, and then after that, the uh, end of the second quarter throughout, it was I think a forty one to eight run. Oh, jeez. By Johnston. Uh, Jenica Lewis, the best sophomore in the country in the sophomore class, class of 2026. She had 22. Iowa is she 10. really known as that? Is yeah, she, is that's yeah. where she's ranked? Yeah. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> um, Eileen Tanky going to Iowa State, top 50 player nationally. Good. She had 19. <laughs> they have, including like their backup point guard is going to Drake to play soccer. Their backup point guard's a D1 athlete. Wow. They have two freshmen that are studs. They have another couple sophomores along with Jenica Lewis that are studs. Where's Lewis going to school? Wherever she wants. Right. I said that yesterday. <laughs> Do you have any, any no, feel? I haven't heard anything on that yeah. front. But Did her par- are there are parents Hawkeye fans? I don't know. Cyclone, that, yeah, grads, I, Cyclone grads? Don't know that one either. Okay. Had an older brother that was a good basketball player. Not this level, though. Okay. Not this one at all. Um, they're just, they're, they're post player uh, that just came in this year. She's going to Marquette. <laughs> they're ridiculous, and so does this team rival the Ames team with Barnes and McDermott. Oh, this, this is a lot better. I mean, yeah. So they got but, more. They're, they're, there's there they're was deeper. There were four D one players on that team. Yes. Yeah. This this is deeper. Right. This is deeper, and this is across a bunch of classes too. And who is the football player? His name started with a K. Oh, I know who you're talking about too. I can't was, think of what it was. Who yeah. was it? it? Was McDermott? It was Barnes? It was Boo Boo? Yep. And it was. Kohler? Is that name right? Maybe. Didn't click exactly when you said it, but it's familiar. Yeah, I think it's. I think I'm close. Anyways, but this judge, Martell, we're talking about two NBA, and I get it. It's it's different. Uh, But just real quick, Gabby Marshall, that was huge for her last night. It really was, and not just knocking out shots. That had to happen. It just had to. And they went to her early. That was good to see. Mm -hmm. You want to get her going. But it was not just making shots. She was also cutting to the rim. She was doing different things. She was aggressive on the drive. We saw her in that game against Indiana where Saying, she was no, no, so no, no, passive. No, no. Yes. It was one trouble, get rid of it. Uh-huh. I, I don't even want to be touching the basketball. Uh-huh. You saw as tentative of a nature. That wasn't the case from her last year. And when she was going through the shooting slump, she was just fired. She just kept going. Huh. That Indiana game, there was something off there. And that was something that I think made it more concerning than what we saw a year ago. You miss shots, you miss shots. It's going to happen for every shooter. We saw Peyton Sanford go through that a year We saw ago. a whole bunch of Cyclones miss shots last <laughs> we, night. We did. Jesus. A whole host of them. Shooters go in shooting slumps, but when you get tentative, that was the concern. That was what happened against Indiana. She was aggressive, didn't make any shots against Illinois to get out of there. And really, it was just the depth of everybody. Everybody able to help out in some kind of way yesterday. All of a sudden, do we have something now with Kylie Fearbach? It's back-to-back games. Yeah, I hope so. Athleticism. She's mm-hmm. a good defender. She has athleticism. She can do things mm-hmm. off the bounce. Obviously, McCabe. I, she was really good. You've yesterday. only heard me uh, talk about her yep. for four months now. Yep. If they are struggling from the outside, outside of Caitlin, they need her mm-hmm. in the game. She needs to play. I don't care if it's 8, 10, 12 minutes, but she needs to be out there. Mm-hmm. She, she is 15 and 13 minutes last night. She is such an elite shooter. A quick release. I know she's small. Not a great defender. I get all those things, but what she does on the other end, here's the dirty little secret. Guess what? I was not a great defensive team anyway. Yeah. But if you can substitute that with elite level offense, and that's what she is as a shooter, I think you have to do it. Uh, and, I, and one other, AJ Edinger. Yeah. Bluter said after the Illinois game, and it was kind of a feel good, ha ha moment in the press conference. 
but she just doesn't trust any of her post players mm-hmm. outside of Hannah Stolke. Right. But she was talking about all the backups there. Every time Edinger's played, she's been able to do something. It's not going to be for probably more than, what, six minutes a game? Tops. But those certain matchups mm-hmm. that we talk about, if Edinger can be that player, come in, get some fouls, play physical, make a bucket if you're open, those kind of things, mm-hmm. at minimum, Edinger was one of the top-ranked players that they got in over the last half decade. Didn't know that. She was like a top 40 player nationally. Is that right? And obviously it hasn't developed at nope, that level. Nope, but nope. maybe senior year, light bulb, click and late, maybe. something like that. Because there haven't been many moments, but when she's been in there, she's been impactful. Nope, so I think you. another one to kind of put in the back of your mind here, watching around a 32 game. Why is 34 trotting out there? Mm. Think of those little moments there because she's showing at least a glimmer of hope. Yeah, and Bluter said that recently, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, it was, re- it was recent. I think All it was right. after the Illinois game. Uh, r- real quick on Iowa State starters couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. I think they were combined seven out of thirty-eight. Seven out of thirty-eight. <laughs> Is that what it was? It was terrible. <laughs> but you know what? Um, Demarion Watson. And Curtis Jones and mm-hmm. Ward was effective when, when he was in the basketball game. Chad, I keep going back to the same sequence I've never seen. I'm, maybe I have, but this one sticks. There were four Cyclones on the floor uh, on the same play. Not in the same pile. It was just it just kind of summarizes what what you have to do to play for TJ. But Watson was incredible last mm-hmm. night. He didn't miss a shot. 15 points, 9 rebounds uh, for a kid who seldom has been able to find the floor. And when he has, he's been impactful mm-hmm. on the defensive end. And before he got into that scoring and got that going, he was doing things yes. on the defensive end of the floor. And, and he's longer get. than you think. Well, yes. He must have some long arms because there was one play in particular. Someone went to shoot a corner three for mm-hmm. Oklahoma. And he was a little bit late getting there but made up for it. He jumped up into the air. And the kid was way short. I mean, he hit the front of the, uh, the side of the basket. But, um, yeah, Watson was terrific last night. But, man, Lipsy uh, is now, what, three out of... 22 mm. against Oklahoma. Gilbert, uh, not good numbers. Monchilovich hits the first shot of the game, and that was the last shot that he made, other than uh, what he had one free throw, I think. He went one for two. Um, but man, oh man, just defense and just but give Oklahoma some credit too because right. they played some uh, they played spirited defense uh, at the very least. So good win for Iowa State. Guess the last time that Taman Lipsy shot 50% from the floor or better? Just take a wild guess. January? Ah, uh, you have to go back further than that. You have to go back November? to... <laughs> before Christmas. December 21st against Eastern Illinois when he was 6-12 from the floor. That's concerning. Yeah, because all the, uh, the all, whole off season was, um, you know, how hard he worked on it. I'm not saying he didn't, mm-hmm. but uh, it hasn't carried over. But you know what? Eric Heff just made a point with me that I thought was pretty well uh, kind of uh, reverberated with me. Uh, how do you say the kid's name? Yuzan and uh, and McCollum. McCollum's their leading scorer. He didn't have a point in the first half. Not a point. Wow. In the fir- and finished with four. And two guys that are pretty critical to mm-hmm. Oklahoma's offense. Neither of those guys uh, showed up in the box score offensively last night. Likewise, with Gilbert and Lipsy, maybe the guards just were it was so physical mm-hmm. and they were you know so uh, engaged defensively that their offense suffered. They tried to clean that thing up early in the game. The officials were very tight with the whistles. It just didn't matter. No, you couldn't. Yeah, but both those teams are like, ah, we don't care. Right. We're just going to keep playing our style, and yeah. if you want to keep throwing whistles, and after a while, the West yeah, kind of almost threw up their hands, and all right, whatever. Are, are some teams that play that, I mean, it depends what crew you get in the NCAA Oh, absolutely. Right? Yes. 
Um, it is very much <sighs> like we talk about matchup dependent come tournament time. It's referee dependent. Uh-huh. And there's going to be a certain set of officials that's going to call it yep. tight, and you're going to be in some trouble. Mm-hmm. I, we see that happen often. The other thing is just the variance. I mean, teams hand in the face, and they start hitting shots. I'm like, yeah. what do you do? Yeah. Like, there's, there's no turning around from that, and that's what happens. It's a one-and-done scenario, but the upside for this team. Look, they haven't played great the last couple of times nope. out. No, nope. And yet, here they are, a game out of first place. Mm-hmm. Still talking about a two-seed. Playing close to home the first two rounds. Maybe chip to Detroit. Is that where they the fans would rather go? Detroit or Dallas? If I, you had the choice, you don't, don't worry about who you'd be playing. None of that. Just strictly location. Detroit or Dallas, where would you rather be? I think they would say Dallas just because of the poor taste in their mouth still from <sighs> 2000. New building now, though, right? True. <laughs> True. It's yeah. not Auburn Hills anymore. No, new building. Um is it the Little Caesar Center? I'm not sure what it's called. Yeah, you could probably. I think it's named after the pizza I mean, guy, everything yeah. is yeah. Uh, there. Um, probably Dallas would be my guess. Straight shot. I don't think flights are a big difference in terms no, of price. No, probably not. I mean, probably it's going to be not. expensive yep. if you're trying to get down there with two days to spare yep. anyway. But if you want to drive, I think distance-wise it's pretty comparable. It has to be close. But 35, it's just yes. I, straight down. I, I did it last April. Yep. It's an easy drive. Mm-hmm. You just set it on cruise, and away you go down mm-hmm. 35 and, and make your way down to Dallas. Cool building, not elite, you know, walking around there. A newer building, you would say, obviously, in Detroit with what they have there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, probably, I think you're right. Though. Plus, let's see, weather in March <laughs> in Dallas. Can be the tricky in Deet. Or Detroit. Now, you got to cross the river, though, over in Ontario. Uh, and you're, you're into Windsor, and yeah. things are a whole lot different over there. You can do what you want, pretty much, right? Yeah, you certainly can. What, what's the justification behind what? Because you don't, at least I don't think of Canada and like, well, I mean, there's no laws up there. Do whatever you want. <laughs> Is it just something that was set up, you know, hundreds of years ago I, that was that I, way? It's seemingly so. Yeah, okay. seemingly so. I mean, all the athletes. I mean, Bob Probert got uh, a really famous fight with Goon, mm-hmm. is what he was. Um, in in crossing the border, he, yeah, it's there, there's been there, there's been some uh, forgettable times from some professional teams making their way into Windsor over the years. There's an old guy I remember talking to, uh, and he always mentioned he used to go to Detroit all the time on business, but he never stayed in Detroit. He stayed in Windsor. He'd always stay in Windsor, Which, right across the river. I mean, yeah. right across the river from Detroit. I I've got to uh, Tiger. Um, Comerica, mm-hmm. uh, before they moved the walls in. Oh, okay. It was the only time I'd ever spend any time at all in Detroit. I went and uh, I saw the Blue Jays uh, and the Tigers play a two-game series there. I don't know when it was. 2004, 2003, 5, etc. But Detroit was better than I thought, yeah. downtown Detroit. I never felt like I was taking my life in my hands as I would walk from the hotel mm-hmm. uh, to Comerica. What, what struck me is uh, Comerica... It's like a two-lane street between the ballpark and the football stadium. Really? It's, it's really weird. Huh. It's, it, it, uh, yeah, I don't know. Makes it a little more intimate? I guess, yeah. yeah. Right, I mean, they're literally side by side. <laughs> we'll take our time out, come back, uh, finish up hour number one, hour number two. Dane Mazzitani will uh, join us or Friday. What do you want to do? Trench whisper in my ear. Want to do the chicken? Yeah, let's do right it right now. now. Yeah. 
First four callers, 515-284-5966. 515-284-5966. Let's do the chicken coop giveaway. We'll give you four games. You give us four answers. If you get the most right, you will get a gift certificate worth $50 from the chicken coop. If you get the, well, the second prize, you'll get 20 wings. If you haven't played in the last 30 days, now is your chance to do so. The chicken coop will tell you about the three locations. 515-284-5966. It's time to put you to the test, and if you get the most right, we'll reward you handsomely with Chicken Coop Grub. Miller & Condon, 1145, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. All right, welcome back. It's Miller & Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. With you until 1. Murph and Andy, 1 to 3. The Drive, Heather and Sean, 3 until 6. Chicken Coop, 3 locations, 10, 725 Meredith Drive in Urbandale, 60th and Ashworth in West Des Moines, and uh, just south of the DMAC cap- campus on Oral Labor. The Chicken Coop, making it possible for us to do this giveaway. Whoever of Kirk, Brian, Doug, and Steve get the most right will get a $50 gift certificate. Spend as they want at any of the Chicken Coop. The runner-up will get 20 wings i'll tell all of you uh right now so you can give this some thought the tiebreaker is audi crooks total points plus rebounds as the cyclone women uh will see their uh regular season end uh against cincinnati on saturday yeah the second saturday audi crooks total points and rebounds is our tiebreaker that will be closest without going over Points, rebounds, and assists, or just points and rebounds? I, points, re, what do you want to do? Well, it doesn't matter. Just, I said points and rebounds. Good enough. Points yep. and rebounds yes. it is. Hello, Kirk. How are you? Hey, good, Kenny. How you doing? Doing fine, thank you. Uh, all, the, all the numbers are four and a half for, for this exercise. Iowa State, a four and a half point favorite on the road at Central Florida. Oh, give me the, give me the clones. Iowa gets four and a half at Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern. Drake gives four and a half to Bradley uh, this weekend. Uh, give me Drake. Okay. Uh, the Iowa women, a four and a half point favorite over Ohio State. Give me those Caitlin Clark Hawkeyes. All right. The tiebreaker, total points and rebounds for Audie Crooks versus Cincinnati on Saturday. <clears throat> 30, uh, 30. 32 it is, Kirk. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, Brian is with Miller and Condon. Hi, Brian. How's it going? Good. Iowa State, the men are four and a half point favorite at Central Florida. Iowa State. Iowa men on the road at Northwestern are a four and a half point dog. Northwestern favored four and a half. Uh, Northwestern. Drake gives four and a half to Bradley. Drake. Iowa women, a four-and-a-half-point favorite over Ohio State on Sunday. Iowa. Uh, Tiebreaker, closest without going over. Audie Crooks, total points and rebounds combined. 27. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. Have a good one. You too. Thank you for listening. Uh, Doug is with Miller and Condon. Hello, Doug. Hey, I love the show, guys. Yeah, good to hear from you. Uh, Iowa State's a four-and-a-half-point favorite over Central Florida. Doug? We'll go with Iowa State. Iowa gets four-and-a-half from Northwestern. We'll go with the Hawks. Drake, a four-and-a-half-point favorite over Bradley. 
Um, we'll go Drake. Iowa women are a four and a half point favorite over the Buckeyes. We'll go Iowa. Total points and rebounds for Audie Crooks combined, closest without going over. We'll go with uh, 35. Thanks, Doug. Have a good weekend. Appreciate it. And uh, Steve brings our chicken coop promotion to a close for the week. Hello, Steve. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Iowa State, uh, the men, four-and-a-half-point favorite at Central Florida. Golden Knights. Uh, The Iowa men get four-and-a-half from Northwestern. Wildcats. Drake, four-and-a-half over Bradley. Braves. Iowa, the women give four-and-a-half to Ohio State. Iowa women are going to win, but they won't cover four and a half. We'll we'll take the Buckeyes and and go Panthers, by the way. All right. And uh, then uh, the tiebreaker is Audie Crook's points and rebounds combined closest without going over. Uh, 24. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening, and thank you to the Chicken Coop. Uh, Three locations, uh, 10725 Meredith and Urbandale, 60th and Ashworth and West Des Moines, just south of the DMAC campus on Oral Labor Drive in Ankeny. Any consensus, Trent Condon? No, we were looking that way until Steve came along because we had a consensus in the Iowa State-Central Florida matchup. Yeah. Everybody was laying it, and Steve came along and changed that. Mm-hmm. Same thing in the Drake-Bradley game. Mm-hmm. Steve came along and changed that. Same thing in the Iowa women's game. Took the points, thought that they uh, thinks Iowa will win but won't cover. Dangerous spot for Iowa State this weekend. How about Central Florida last night? What did they do? They actually went away from home. Did they? Yeah. It's a rarity. It's a rarity. So this UCF team, they have a glimmer of hope of getting in. They likely have to win, at minimum, one, probably both their games against Iowa State and Houston. Mm-hmm. Now they get them both in their gym. Yeah. But you win those two games. <laughs> right. You're talking about, I mean, a couple of monster scalps to have on your resume. Yeah, without a doubt. They've been different at home. Mm-hmm. They've been very good at home. Mm-hmm. Suddenly they're 17 and 12 with those wins, mm. and they go to TCU. Oh, by the way, another quad one victory that they'd add to the resume. Yeah. We're, we're talking about a glimmer, but there's still a glimmer for UCF. So who are their losses in conference? They lost, uh, they lost to K-State. Uh-huh. They lost to BYU. Houston beat them. Cincy beat them. Baylor beat them. Texas Tech, BYU got them again. Cincy got them again. West Virginia got them. They've beaten Texas Tech and Oklahoma in their last two games. Um, you said a minute ago, mm-hmm. Iowa State has not looked great in their last two games. That's true. Uh, now, they've, they've, they got a little bit of a breather on their schedule, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the back half or the, the last couple of weeks are the, um, I don't want to say easy because the Big 12 is not easy. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, the best part of their schedule um, and West Virginia comes in here. What were they, a 19-point dog when they played over the weekend? 17 mm-hmm. or 19? Yeah. But just under 20 points uh, and, and pushed Iowa State. And then last night, Oklahoma. Look, Oklahoma's a good Big 12 team. They're a good Big 12 team. Uh, Iowa State just defensively never gave them a chance. And Oklahoma, to their credit, they were uh, uh, they were committed to the defensive end of the floor last night. So we'll see. Iowa State sh- should beat them. They should. They're favored by four. And then they host BYU at home before they head off to K-State to take on the Wildcats. Tangens company and the fans in particular will be fired up (laughs) for that one, will they not? After they accuse the Cyclone managers or whatever of taping their huddle, listening in. What did they say? Was was taping their huddle? Taping the huddle, yeah. Or maybe it wasn't a staffer, but it was somebody in the stands. 
That was when that dude, the Jim Carrey looking. Oh, like, absolutely. That was yeah. his 50. It's yeah. been more than 15 minutes of fame. Yeah, I mean, he's milked this bad boy. Good, good, good for yeah, him. Absolutely. Good for him. I saw a guy that looked familiar. And, oh, that, yeah, it's that guy. That's that it, guy. It is, yes. yes. Jim Carrey look alike and with, with, tear, with his uh, tears. The crying, and, yes. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, pretty good. It was caught at the perfect moment. Iowa State's favored by four, according to Ken Palm, against Central Florida. What will they be favored against BYU at home? Six. And then at K-State? Five. Huh. All of a sudden, a 14-4. and four. I'm telling you, there's a chance. Now you've been saying that and for over a week. 25-6. and six. That yeah. turns into, with a conference tournament championship, 28-6. and six. There's going to be a lot of pretty, pretty parts of that. And North Carolina still got Duke. Yep. Lose a clunker in the ACC tournament. And Very we've seen that happen. before. We've seen that. We've seen good teams in the ACC tournament get beat in the, you know, first game of their of their of their tournament. Um, Arizona still got to play. Arizona's the team, Trent. I don't think that they're a one seed. I don't either. They just don't have that feel. Well, to and me. the Pac-12 just is so bad. Mm-hmm. This could be a two bid league. It's not a stretch that the Pac-12 in their final year of existence is going to get two teams in the NCAA tournament. That's wild. Yeah. Oregon's got work to do. Colorado's got work to do. I mean, there's still teams that can get there. Washington State is in okay shape. UCLA, I don't think it's going to happen for them. They've been so terrible at times this year. At best, it's four, unless somebody steals a bid and wins a conference Mm -hmm. tournament. And it very well could be two. So the Cougars, uh, the Cats, the Ducks. Did you say the Buffaloes? Yes, Colorado. Mm -hmm. Colorado got a needed win uh, yesterday against Cal. I mean, you can't afford to lose those games, obviously. They got a pretty manageable schedule themselves, Colorado does. They get Stanford this weekend at home, and then they go to Oregon, Oregon State, to finish up on the road. Even if you just win one of those two games, they're probably in good shape and going to get there. But. Do, do we have time? We probably don't, to talk about the uh, the latest plan, the 14-team playoff that's on the table now. Do not right now, but we'll find some time. Three automatic bids to the big, three automatic bids to the SEC, two go to the Big 12, two go to the ACC. Don't love it. But if you're the Big 12 and the ACC, don't you say, oh, that's good for us. Yes, you do. That works. It's good. You guys decide. We'll tackle that topic at some point. We will. We'll get into it. It's noon. Uh, We'll talk about the Vikings and the Combine with Dane Mazzatani when we come back. It's Miller and Condon. We're on 106.3 KXN.